Hello and welcome to the Michael T. Justice Podcast. Thanks for listening, and if you would like to respond to any of the things you hear, please hit me up here on Anchor, or at Twitter, at Michael T. Justice, or Facebook, Michael T. Justice. All right, so here is uh, the book I'm trying to work on here. It's called Tangled Roots. It's my own personal story initially, but I am uh, expanding here as I've been thinking about it. It's more like as a... The culmination being my kids. So the history of their family. So my stuff that I got to work out and bring out here but also there's some stuff that uh in in dealing with um i'm not dealing with but uh in talking with her my wife's parents um they're my kids grandparents uh they've got a lot of genealogy and stuff and so i want to delve into some of that as well to kind of present that all as a package uh as their tangled roots and uh there we have it created problems for me, because of my mother and my sister, see my poor little mother had a stroke. She was everything was hit. If good, you her mind and everything, but it was hard for her to get around. And then my sister goes into the Alzheimer's. Oh wow! Now, how old was was your mother at that point? Mama was eighty four and a half when she died, uh-huh. and Louise, I think, was sixty three, something like that. When when when. She finally died, but her death in a way was uh, a blessing because she had no mind left, nothing. Right. So I think, well, how many years was it? Seven, eight years in the nursing home. Wow. And uh, she got to the point where she was just laying in bed uh, in a, you know, curled just up position. Curled up. So, wow. and, uh, so anyway, I. I was her guardian, so I had to keep things going for her. But the poor thing, the uh, one of the attendants at the nursing home estimated that she weighed 75 pounds when she died. Oh I think, you know, I'm over 100 and so on wow. and so forth. And then I think her better days, she probably was about 125, 130, somewhere, wow. you know. just wasted but, away. Yeah, but well, the thing is, they say this area in here, there's some muscles that paralyze, and so, so the food won't go eat. down. Oh, wow. And I, I think she got to the point where they had to feed her and... Like with the tube or whatever? No, they didn't go that way. Like Gina said several times, you know, that probably would have been the way. But in another way, do you want to extend this right. person's Just like suffering, that. you know, right. because... The poor thing, she got to the point that, uh, well, we had Nancy, and we went in to uh, see her and uh, held her up so Louise could see her. And at that time, she really wasn't talking to us anymore. But when she saw Nancy, a little smile came over her face, and she turned her head, and I guess that was it. But I think she recognized that Nancy was our baby, so... But uh, she, to me, was in a way the savior of the family because we lived on a farm and 
mama did of course raise vegetables and she had chickens and so on and so forth but uh, anyway it was not a profitable farm you know but it kept everybody going and Louise of course worked and uh, supported the family bought the groceries and so on and so forth so to me she's sort of the hero of the family and then to have been scourged or beaten down by this horrible Alzheimer's mm -hmm. is just un unreal Jeez. because she was they estimated her weight I think at death around 75 pounds and see she wow. was a little taller than me so so it's a horrible people joke sometimes oh I forgot to do one so and so oh, I must be going into Alzheimer's don't say that I don't want to hear that. <laughs> right, right. It's no laughing matter. Oh no, uh, they yeah. just don't. Just, she just and that's before it was real. I don't want to say popular, but people didn't yeah. know about it as much. Well, I don't think we even knew the word Alzheimer's. So they used to say a hardening of the arteries of the brain. Oh, okay. Something right. like that. I remember they would yeah, say, I, I think that. maybe Cause, that's it. Because you start hearing about Alzheimer's like in what, like the 80s, I, I kind of yeah, remember. Yeah. Or maybe just because I was old enough to be paying attention yeah, at that point. So, but. Anyway, she to me is the savior of the family, so. Uh -huh. But hopefully the Lord gave her a good place wow. in heaven. Now, when did, when did she die? Okay. Trying to think. Well, Nancy was just very small. Can't say the year she died now. So I was in 73, 4 or something like that. Well, no. Gina was born in 74. I think it had to have been the early 80s, maybe. I'll have to think about mm -hmm. it. But yeah. uh, see, I was her guardian and taking right. care of business and so on. So, of course, so. But I do have to really give her credit for, she basically was the savior of the family. And while I was a little kid on the farm, you know, the chickens and the eggs and the vegetables that mama raised and so on that helped us out a lot. And Louise, of course, was working. She bought groceries. Daddy bought a car that was back in really the 30s somewhere. And uh, he bought bought a car so she could go to work every day because she got a full-time job at uh, Kansas, Kansas Power and Light. Hmm. So, so anyway, then this little brat came. <laughs> and then you came along. Well, I came <laughs> after that, but uh, anyway, I was totally unexpected. But uh, anyway, I think my mama, I think she was very happy you'd have to see the little woman she was about five feet tall wow. not, not very big about a hundred pounds size five shoes wow so tiny <laughs> yes she was mm -hmm. tiny and she had she had a twin but the twin they were not identical twins okay the, her sister was bigger a little bigger than she was but uh Anyway, that that was sort of sad too because I think that the twin was rather overbearing and so on with uh, Mama and so now on. Did you see her much or no? no? No, she lived. We lived in North Topeka. She lived several blocks north of us. She had her own place. She was a widow, 
but she would walk by and not even look really? at our house because I think in a way she was jealous of mama because mama had two of her daughters at home and helping her and mama's twin her two kids were married and I, how much they did for their mother I don't know but the poor woman uh. raised vegetables and took them to market now how she got them to market I don't know because she didn't have a car uh. but I think that was maybe people came out and bought from her too you know right. but uh, yeah yeah, it's wild because you never know what was going on when you were a kid. You, you well, you observe, but you don't right. always really know. Right, you don't know all the context yeah. of everything. Well, see, my mother, both of my parents were immigrants. And I don't know how mama's people did it, but uh, the idea was, seemed like she talked about coming in at Baltimore. Huh. And her sister came in somewhere around now I guess there's something around the Statue of Liberty because when she came in she saw the Statue of Liberty so they did not come in together oh wow okay they they were the oldest and there was another girl at three and then there was one boy and another girl there were five kids in the family so they the younger ones came over with the parents Right. But uh, Mama came over by herself, and I'm pretty sure her twin came over by herself. Wow. So that that you have to give them credit for. Yeah, it was a very different. So they kind of stayed behind and. Well, that, they say there was a relative in St. Louis who sent money to the family for all of them to come over, but. I don't know which one came first, whether it's Mama or the twin. I think the twin came over first, and then Mama came. And then down the road, the parents came with the other kids. It was a boy and two girls. Huh. Five, five kids all together that came over. From Germany and like... From Austria. To, or Austria. Austria. Daddy is from... And close to Russia, right? Well, uh, can't say the name of the town now. I can't say the. They were on the border with Hungary. So they could go up, I guess, well, just walk a short distance or whatever, and they'd be mm -hmm. in Hungary. Okay. So I think the family sort of went back and forth between Hungary and Austria. Uh, the father, I guess, was a blacksmith. So, you know, you're not going to have a regular job. Right. If you're a blacksmith. Right. You'll, you'll like, on call, well, I mean, yeah, not on call, yeah. but people need you yeah. all over again. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the story of my little mother's family. Now, I will huh. have to give her credit. She just worked so hard. She could raise the nicest garden. She'd raise enough potatoes for us to live on from July and the following March. Think about that. Wow. This little 100-pound woman. She had chickens. She raised chickens. She used to have setting hens. You know what a setting hen is, don't you? No. You don't? No? Okay. Hens go into this certain phase. They want to sit on eggs. They want to hatch. 
babies. Oh, okay. So they just sit on the... They sit on these eggs 24 hours a day. And Mama would take them off long enough for them to eat. Because they had to eat, you know. They couldn't mm -hmm. just sit. So she would take them off and take them out to where she fed the chickens and these hens. She had two of them usually at the same time. And she covered the eggs with gunny sacks to keep the eggs warm because uh -huh. once the hen was into her setting stage her sitting on those eggs and providing the warmth was the for the eggs yeah so huh yep and, and so one hen would be sitting on she several had, eggs oh she had i think I'm not sure now. I think somewhere around 16 eggs or 18. She had quite a few eggs under these, under these hens. Under the two hens. Well, she, yeah. Wow. Because yeah. what, like, what? So what does a chicken normally do? Does it lay one? I've never been well, much on hen, the farm. Is it lay one egg, one egg, and? Well, I think normally the hen would lay all the eggs she's going to sit on, mm. but I think they were around. 18, 16, or something like that, that, that the hen would set on. Huh. And then Mama would have them in the basement, and she would bring the hens up, and for them long enough to eat, and go back on their, on their nests, because the eggs had to be get them back kept warm. Them. Yeah, they had to be kept warm, so, huh. yeah. And I, I was a naughty little kid. <laughs> when they hatch, the shell breaks. You know, that's how mm -hmm. the poor thing's going to get out of the egg. So anyway, the shell breaks off. I see Mama taking the head off, and there's an egg opening up. The shell uh -huh. is cracked and so on. So it's starting to Come get out. out. So anyway, I'm so excited over this chick that's going to be coming out of that egg and I'm holding it or whatever and I don't know if mama thought I was trying to pull the shell off and see you can't do that either mm -hmm. because the chicken is attached to the inside right. of the egg so if I pulled yeah, too hard, like tried to pick it up I could have maybe the, yeah. pulled the chicken out of the egg but I, I didn't kill anything the Lord right <laughs> <laughs> uh. so Anyway, that's the tale of my very hardworking little mother. <laughs> she weighed about a hundred pounds, and she was a little Austrian lady. Wow! And uh, when she got fired up, it wasn't English; it was. <laughs> and she taught herself English. Oh yeah, yeah, she did. That they, they had to. They, I don't know any classes. Right. But it'd be so cute. You know, she'd be talking about something, and then, I guess. Her mind couldn't pick up the English word, so it'd be sprinkled with German words right. ever so often. And because I heard her talk and everything, in most cases, I knew what what she was saying. Now, she said one thing when I was, wasn't behaving very well. She said, In plain English, it means I'm going to hit you a couple. <laughs> so I'm gonna pop you one. <laughs>
I, I did marry my little mother, you know, about weighed about a hundred wow. pounds, coming over to a strange country, and in the she and her twin did not get along too well. Now, mm -hmm. Mama wasn't the troublemaker; it was the twin. But I did think the twin was so. See, she married before Mama, and she had one child and was pregnant with the second one when her husband died. Mm. So you can see she had her hands full. She had to earn a living and take care of those two right. kids. So she did that farming, you know, mm -hmm. raising the vegetables and selling them. That was how she earned a living to raise those two kids. Wow. So I admire the woman, but when... Now, is that family still in Topeka, or did you... Oh, uh, everybody is gone. Uh, there are some cousins, but you see, it's so long ago, I, I came into the family so late mm -hmm. that uh, when I was a kid, Mama's twin was still alive. And, and that kind of separation there, was pretty... They all came over. Oh, did they? Yeah, the parents, and uh, it was one boy and four girls. And they all came, they didn't mm -hmm. come together. Now, I don't know who came first. I don't know whether Mama's twin came first or whether Mom came first. But uh, I admire my little mother, Elensley, such a hardworking little woman. She, you know, have you ever seen a setting hen on a, you've never seen that. Seen she just them, sits on yeah. our, she sits on that thing 24 hours a day hmm. on that box nest with those eggs and she's just off long enough to get something to eat and mama used to cover them up with I think what she called gunny sacks kept them warm while the hen was out there eating so then they had a cow they had a cow on the farm too and of course uh, mama had a flock of chickens of course she, the chickens came from these two hens hatching these right. babies, you know, and mm -hmm. so forth. So, yeah, Mama was a good little Does she good keep little a little farmer. rotation there, yeah. Yeah, she was a good huh. little farmer. So... Might have to relearn that stuff. Relearn? Yeah, we don't even know how to do that kind of stuff these days. How to handle chickens or... Well... Have a garden to feed them? Well, yeah, so, she well, had a I garden. Mean, yeah. She had a garden, yeah. She had somebody come and plow, and she raised... Potatoes. We had potatoes to last until about March, and then right. she used to dig the potatoes the first part of July. Mm. These little bitsy things. She weighed about a hundred pounds, <laughs> but she could work rings around people. My poor daddy. He, he, you didn't see him <laughs> digging the potatoes. Well, he. Now was, what did he do? Well, he was a farmer, I guess. Oh, now, okay. what he was before he came over here, I don't know. Oh. Now, um, daddy and mom were introduced at church and so evidently daddy must have been must have owned that farm when he met mama I guess mm -hmm. it was a, uh, what was it, about 15 and a half acres in North Topeka so he raised like I said they raised enough potatoes to last until March and then she raised you know, like peas and beans and stuff she raised those things too mm. daddy would raise corn and so on and he raised corn and then uh, corn to feed 
the chickens and stuff because, you know, save money. And so somebody would come in and plow and then he'd plant the seeds hmm. and so on and so forth. So they were hard working people. Right. Very cool. So. Well, I'm going to get going because I got to get over here. And... and this is the story of my grandfather, grandmother, father, mother. <laughs> Not my mother, but uh, just the mixing here. Now, I'm going to have to go back through all of this to, like, kind of bring out, flesh out the stories and whatnot. But it's just to kind of keep my story sketching out. Uh stuff. So, there we go. This is my grandfather. Clarence was born in 1907. Eight months before his beloved state of Oklahoma became a state. Before his beloved Oklahoma became a state. <clears throat> when he was in kindergarten, he heard jazz musician from Kansas City play for his class and he was hooked on the music he began playing the clarinet and his father Hezekiah before he was 18 or before he was in high school his father who was a barber moved them to Kansas City where he grew up down the street from uh, 18th and Vine. Really, he was there before it was the 18th and Vine. But he was a musician who played all over and uh, by 1940 by the 1940s I'm not sure when exactly I had to check the date on that but by the time he was at uh, Indianapolis working, doing shows or whatever and uh, that's when he met Dorothy Roney or Dorothy the only woman I ever knew his grandmother uh And she was a 
almost 20 years younger than he was. And uh, he immediately told her he was going to marry her. Uh, she was a waitress behind the counter at a diner. And uh, he would come in there and sit and talk with her. Uh, and then he asked her parents if he could take her out. Did the whole courting thing, because that's what she did back then. And uh, uh, <clears throat> they got married and moved to Tulsa where his mother was living and um, kind of he operated out of there was still a musician so he was traveling all over the country but Oklahoma was where he was based which brought my grandmother down there and so she moved to Tulsa. So she was in Oklahoma and um, and during one of his trips, she almost caught him with the piano player for his band uh, was a woman who went by the name of Bumps and uh, they almost got caught and uh, came down they were having an affair and that was my biological grandmother because they had my father and tried to make a go of it uh, because at that point my grandmother left the family left and became a uh, she left went back to Indianapolis and uh, my grandfather <clears throat> still um, I think left my father with her parents and they still tried to continue doing the show business thing together uh, kind of stressed out I think and then um, fell apart don't have any idea why um, and then went into uh 
then went into like I said at some point I believe he was staying with the, the baby my father was staying with her family and with her in Texas while my grandfather went back to Oklahoma and operated out of there once they split up and I think I think both musically and uh, uh, yeah definitely as a couple <laughs> um, and at that point I'm not sure on the years because see my father was born 48 so but what the years were but then in uh, 40 uh, I'm not sure what the years were on that but when they um, went to oh, I'm trying to remember what went down in any case uh, to tell their story later uh, my father must have been Hey, thanks again for checking me out and hit me up on Facebook, Michael T. Justice, Twitter, Michael T. Justice, and of course here at Anchor FM, you can leave a voice message and uh, I would love for any responses and um, requests. On Joe's property. So, if I walked over to their house, Joe liked to go to the ball games, and he would take me and his daughter. We and he's walked, the owner of the stadium, right. so he so, can go see the game so where he wants. We walked across the parking lot, you know, between the cars they, and everything, they, because they, they, they lived they right there. They got in free. So we, the people that took the tickets or whatever, I know at least that one night I remember when we went in, that person taking the tickets and so on recognized Joe and knew he didn't Big ask, man, let him through. Joe for, <laughs> right. for the tickets, you know, so. But, but uh, uh, who was it played for Joplin? Uh, Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Oh, wow. Mickey yeah. Mantle used to come up there and So play. you saw him in the minor yeah, leagues. She saw him three or four times. That the ballpark... It, I feel kind of bad. For was west of where we lived. They were off but I could go up in the attic of our house, and I could see, all I could see was the, the batter at home plate. I could see. The batter in the kitchen, yeah. Couldn't see where he hit it, but you could yeah, tell when he hit it. <laughs> yeah, and of course, if the ball went over the wall, then you knew you could see him all running and so on. But I did get to see. At least some of the game. Wow. But the, the the cute part was there was a house behind the ballpark there. I think that was old working over railroad car or whatever. But these wow. people built, built themselves it's up their own 
They had a flat roof on their garage, so they put steps up there and put seats up there. So they could have their own. Two feet from the fence. From the fence. Well, they just see down. Look right over it. Yeah. They were up there every night watching the ball game. Three games. I could watch home plate from our attic. You know, see the guys swinging and so on and so forth, and and scoring then from third base. I could see them coming in. So I got to see some of it, you know. But but anyway, I was going to lay over there. I was going to see.